I'm David Attenborough, pardon the ball gag. This is the Rambling Beachcast. Our safe word tonight is life. The landscape of the Rambling Beachcast reveals an abundance of life. I said life was the safe word. You don't put the ball gag in. When they say the safe word, you remove it. Thank you. Here we have the most humble yet hearty, neck-bearded Vatapotamus. The neck-bearded Vatapotamus is a solitary creature, and we are witnessing a once-in-a-lifetime event. This Vatapotamus has emerged from his hovel to mate. It only happens once in a lifetime, perhaps twice if he's lucky. Let's listen as its mating call echoes throughout the night. How'd you like to caddy my three wood? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was just like... (laughs) Derby! Well done. He's not fooling anyone, but we're rooting for him. Miles away on the sandy savannah plains of Charleston lies the triumphant, rambling Nafpliobeast. Not to be outdone by its distant cousin, the Vortopotamus, the Nafpliobeast's vision is quite poor and is prone to babbling bouts of rambling stupidity. A pack rat animal of sorts, the Nafpliobeast hoards and collects away useless bits of plastic living in squalor in a den much to the dismay of his mate. This particular Navpliobist has become quite confused on the hunt for its prey. We've actually, we've talked about sometimes doing something called Rambling Beachcast After Dark. And you have to pay, like, each podcast costs like $20, but we'll say, like, anything on it. Superb. His family will go hungry tonight. Won't you join us? on an adventure into the deepest, darkest jungles of the rambling bitch cast. Seth Votopotamus and Nick Nafpliobist are joined by Lorne Ripoli to answer your listener questions. I'm David Attenborough. You may replace the ball gag. Thank you for staying up late with us to do this. So. Yeah, of course. I'm sorry I made it so late. No, it's all right. Me, me and Seth are insomniacs, so we don't <laughs> we don't sleep. I called Nick two nights ago, and not realizing, I think it, it was like 10:30 my time or something. So it wasn't that late by either of our standards. I was I was shocked that Nick was in bed when he answered the phone. I mean, I was happy he was in bed. <laughs> When, no, when I wasn't was asleep. Going. I was watching. I was like watching YouTube videos or something. But I actually <laughs> wasn't dead. <laughs> well, you and answered. Then, you answered like you were hello, like you were well, out I of breath or something. Karen was like, "Who the heck is calling right now?" I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, it's my boyfriend." Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. So, 
So I'm going to okay, need both so, my hands back. All right. So I was going to, I was going to start. I, I have to hear the story now. Like we were going to tell bad server stories. Like, cause we've all worked in the service industry and we all agree. Lauren, you're still doing it as a part-time job. Yeah. I don't know if we can top your story, but I want to hear it just like in real time. <laughs> like what <laughs> Like my wife doesn't get grossed out by anything and she read it and screamed. Oh my like, gosh. Oh, walk us through like what happened or where did you, okay, where did you work at a restaurant? You were doing a delivery, right? Yeah. Um, most of the time I'm just hostessing or like running food and all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of like a jack of all trades there. I just do whatever needs to be done for the night. But this particular night, I happened to be delivering and it was like a random like Wednesday night or something. So I wasn't expecting much business. But I got this call from a couple that normally comes in like and actually eats at the restaurant. Oh. So I like recognized the name with the address and whatnot from just putting in reservations for them. So I was like, oh, this will be cool. Maybe they'll recognize me. Maybe I'll get a good tip. This will be great. So they just got like some super normal order and I drive over to their apartment complex and it was like one of those little gated communities. So I needed like a little four digit passcode to get in. And so I call the guy on his cell phone and he's talking totally normal to me. He's like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you. It's like muscle memory now. So we like fumbled through a couple until I got it right. Door open. So I was like, okay, I'll see you in just a couple minutes. I'm coming up. Totally normal. He was like, all right. Yeah. So I get to their door. I knock on the door and his wife. Now this is like not an old couple, but I would say they're probably like mid to late fifties, maybe early sixties at best. So they're a little bit older Yeah. and she answers the door, but like only opens it a few inches and just like sticks her hand out for me to hand her the check. And so I thought it was weird, but because they're a little bit older, I figured maybe she's in her pajamas and like she's traditional. She like doesn't want me to see her in her like house coat or something like that. So I just handed it to her, thought it was kind of weird. But then I hear her like going to sign it and I hear her like talking to somebody in the background and it's kind of muffled. I couldn't understand what the other voice was saying, but she was like, well, if you don't care, then I guess I'll let her in. So I was like, that's really weird, but okay. So then she opens the door and invites me in. So I step into their little foyer and we're just making small talk. She's like, well, it was my husband's card. So I'm just going to wait for him to come sign it. So I said, okay. So she just sets it down on the counter and we're just talking. Uh, she's asking me about school and stuff. Uh, she did recognize me from the restaurant. So we were just talking about that and how long I've worked there, all that kind of stuff. And I'm looking around their house cause it's like a super nice, like penthouse kind of apartment, super nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm like looking around and kitchen's really nice. And their living room is directly behind the front door. So I'm basically just facing their living room. And I noticed like all this like craft sort of work on the ground. And I know that a lot of people that live on the island like do little, you know, like handmade bracelets and they sell them at the market and all that kind of stuff. So I figured like, like maybe some stuff or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I figured like maybe that's what she was doing. There was like a bunch of leather and like little tiny scissors and like different uh, clasps and whatnot. So I figured she was making jewelry or something. Oh, so I didn't yeah. even mention it. <laughs> So we're still making a small talk and I hear her husband coming up the hallway. So I turn and this man, like I said, he's like early 60s, maybe late 50s. The guy, I literally looked him up and down. It was ridiculous. He is wearing a blonde wig. He has a gag, like a ball gag in his mouth. Nice. He's got on a little choker yeah. necklace. <laughs> he's got on <laughs> this little like bustier type thing and fishnet stockings. 
and these little tiny kitten heels and a big old thong. I'm going through my checklist here in my closet. I see everything <laughs> but the kitten heels. I don't have the kitten heels yet, but I, I got oh you. Oh, my gosh. I'm clearly stunned. But his wife is completely normal, sees him coming, like totally still talking to me, super normal, <laughs> asking about school and whatnot. So I turn back over, try to pretend nothing's happening beside me. He goes to sign the check, leans over, bare butt out for the whole world yes. to see his old, old nasty liver spot butt. Oh, right God. there. In my face. Hey, let's not be sexist now. No, old, God, there's nothing sexist about that. Old people got to have ugly, loving too. Ugly comes in all form. That's just disgusting. Okay, go ahead. Oh, God. So I'm just, I'm trying to maintain a normal conversation with his wife. And when he finishes signing it, he goes to hand it to me. And I say, thank you. His wife slips me a 20 and says, have a great night. As I'm yeah. leaving, he just, I guess he tried to say, you're welcome or something. He like, <laughs> muffled, yeah. <laughs> muffled a little something. And wait, I turn wait, around. Wait, wait, wait. He was still wearing the ball gag like in his mouth the whole time? Yes, the whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought he like at least took it out for that. Oh, like. no. That thing was strapped on. No. It's no. like, oh. do you take a check? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but as I was leaving, I mean, I was clearly stunned and horrified at what just happened. But then it dawned on me when I was getting into the elevator to go back down that all the stuff she had on the ground was definitely like BDSM, like whips, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. It completely made sense after that. And I was just horrified. And you still you... see these people. Yes, they still come in and they act like nothing happened. I want the, the real pressing question is what do they order? Like what does bondage food consist of? <laughs> like, like do you remember you what their order was? For you know, I think it was just like spaghetti and meatballs, just like of the normal course. Italian food. Huh. I don't know. That's just bizarre. <laughs> like baby gets a Caesar salad. <laughs> <He wants it. laughs> oh. See, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, Seth, if you could you might have to cut that I almost forgot to say this too. Lauren, you have your own radio show that you do at Converse, right? Yeah. It's called Coco Radio. We broadcast on Mixler. If you want to follow us, it's pretty awesome. And it's actually, it plays a lot of stuff like probably when you were in elementary, middle school, when me and Seth were in college, it plays a lot of music from that era. So yeah. like, I like it because it's nostalgic. I like it now better because it's not on during Game of Thrones. So I don't have to compete with like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we haven't even like made a set schedule because we just like started the whole radio program this past spring. Yeah. So we don't have like a set schedule for anything yet. But this coming school year, it should be more of a schedule. So you'll know exactly when our show is on every week. Well, I, get, I get an email. I get an yeah. email every time it's on. So. If you need a bondage couple to come in and mix things up a bit, uh, that whole that whole story sounds like something that Nick and I like some kind of prank we would pull on somebody. No, that's that was their life. That's just oh. yeah. Like I don't want to judge anybody for what they do, but you would figure. I don't know. That's just not the situation where you let that out of the bag. You know, like you've got this girl I know. over not, here delivering food. It's like, oh, by the way, yeah, not without permission. Yeah, you don't. Let yeah, that no. I t was telling my manager about it when I got back, and he was like, "That was probably part of their plan to have a stranger walk in and see all of this." And I was oh, like, yeah. "I did not need that image." He probably see, exploded. He probably just like. <laughs> <laughs> if the woman had been like, now give the submissive the check. <laughs> wait, wait. But that's just, oh, that's just so weird. 
that was the last thing I was expecting because literally she was just like in jeans and a t-shirt totally normal like talking to me like nothing and then in comes this old man Barbie doll I don't know if my story could even stack I I have little I worked at a country club which mean I sent I saw the same people over and over again so Mm -hmm. that was good 90% of the time are we allowed to say where we worked or are we allowed to well I'm not going to make Lauren say it because she still works there. Yeah, I can say where I worked. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, can okay. say where. I worked at Old Town Athletic Club, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. But uh, the thing that we did where I, I got weird people was uh, weddings. And I remember one time I was bartending at a wedding. And like this drunk girl just stumbles outside, like knocks over a table and walks over to me. And she goes, I want an import. <laughs> and I kind of looked. I was like, imported beer? She goes, yes, I want an import. So... I said, any prefer and before I even the word out, she goes, Ambort! Like, oh my God. <laughs> and so I, I turn around, and, you know, I'm, I'm not a beer drinker, so I really, I'm not, but I see Amstel, you know, I'm like, that's made, you know, Europe somewhere, that'll work. <laughs> so I pull out an Amstel, I said, all right, man, and it was an open bar, so I don't have to worry about ringing anything up. Like, here she goes, she goes, oh my God, I said I wanted an import, did you not hear me? And I look, and I'm like, oh God, okay. And what so do you I want? Back and I pick up in a Heineken. I'm like, I know this is not made in America. <laughs> and I hand it over. She goes, Oh my God, what the hell is wrong with you? I want an import. I just look at her and I was like, Ma'am, this both beers I've given you are made in Europe. I would have just peed in a bottle and, at this point. Well, <laughs> here's the thing though. This is the best is, is she goes, What? I said, Yeah, these are both made in Europe. You said you want an import. She goes, Oh, I think I want an export. I was like, you need a domestic. She goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, you want an American beer? She's like, yes. And so I reached out, and I mean, there's a there's Budweiser right there. I mean, that's that's America. That's Bud. So I reached out. I get a Budweiser. I hand it to her, and I mean, she flips out. She goes, oh my god, I don't want a Budweiser. I want a Bud Light. I'm like, oh Oh my god. God." So I I give her the Bud Light. She walks back, knocks over another. It's like, well, where's Bill Cosby when you need him? Yeah. Oh, oh God, <laughs> Seth, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> Seth, if you have just anything, for, just for the you... just for the the first part, not the second part of what he would do. Oh, okay, there. Yeah. So, so, Seth, what what about you? What did you have going on at your? You worked for a summer being oh, a waiter. Yeah, the worst, like the worst summer, but it was between my freshman and sophomore years in college. It was like the worst summer ever because my parents had moved from Kingsport to Chattanooga. And so I went to spend the summer with them and we had, I had I knew nobody there. So we were we were in this like two bedroom apartment like me and my brother sharing a room and my parents cuz they were building a house. And I worked at a cooker bar and grill. They're all closed by now. Uh they <laughs> like the entire chain I think just went under. The managers there. It was it was two and a half months of misery. I remember it was like halfway through, it was like mid-July or something, and one of the managers pulls me aside. I was working a double shift, so it was like 2 o'clock or something after the lunch rush. He pulls me aside, like, Seth, come on over here. Let's have a chat. You know, it's kind of that patronizing managerial speak, like this This was your life path, but I'm yeah. trying trying to go somewhere else, and I... I, I my attention span and my desire to deal with this person was minimal. <laughs> um, so we sit down in this booth and he said, 
Seth, I've noticed that you don't smile a lot. <laughs> he kind of looks at me, you know, doing that little nod, like waiting for me. He's like, that's because I don't like working here, James. <laughs> that's exactly what I told him. And he said, you know, right now we have you at a three table rating. And for those who don't know, your your managers will like watch you perform, right? Mm-hmm. And they will rank you how many tables like you can that that's what you are to them. You're a table ranking. How many tables you can handle at one time. And he said, right now you're we have you at a three table rating, and we want to see if we can get you up to a four table rating. Ooh. And I was just thinking to myself, <laughs> this is so office space. This is the yeah. this is straight out of office space. What this guy is doing? Like, what would you say you do here, Bob? Yeah, just it's completely <laughs> patronizing. And I just I left that meeting like, what what am I doing? What am I doing but, here? But did they move you up to the four tables? I never asked, and I never cared. Okay. There I, I, should, <laughs> I moved myself up. I, I should have like just. It's like I'm a six table ranking now. You know, that was the nice thing of mine is I didn't have like a regular manager. Um, in fact, the club I was in was in financial distress. We got to a point with Old Town Athletic Club where uh, the owners ran out of money. And so they would pay us and then our paychecks would bounce. Nice. And this happened for like a few weeks. And so like I remember it got really bad because I what, what we would do is we would get our this happened. This happened during about a three weeks span of time. We got our paychecks, and then we would run to this bank that was like nearby, and and you'd get cash for it because that way you still got it. But if you deposited it, then you'd find out later it bounced. Mm. And so, but they had a meeting to apologize to us and stuff, and they asked us to give give back the checks that bounced, and people did, and then they didn't pay. And my dad was like, oh. "Do not give them the bounce check." So I hung on to it. Now here's the thing: they eventually they got bought out, and we got paid again, but. The, the thing that never changed is like, you know, these people who are at this place, they pay a membership fee and stuff and they're, they're old rich people. I mean, you can't really kick them out. And there was one time I was working behind the bar with this girl named Kirby and Kirby's one of those people. I mean, she's, she's a cute girl. She's really sweet. Every guy, no matter who you are, would develop a crush on her. Every guy in the world would. And it, it was the same for customers. But the problem was this old guy sat down. I say old, he wasn't that old. He's like in the sixties. And he had one beer. Now, we still, you know, knew to cut people off. They were getting too crazy. But after one beer, this guy just, like, it started off kind of just kind of playful. He was talking to her. He's like, you know, you're a really cute girl. You know, it was like, Ooh. she's Here like, well, thanks. And then he would keep eating, and he'd be drinking this one beer. He's like, you know, I really like you a lot, Kirby. Oh, yeah. And then she'd be like, well, thank you. And and, and then uh, this is a straight line because he said it to another girl I worked with named Crystal. He said, I would crawl across a sea of broken glass for you if I had to. Oh, and we're just sitting there. But now keep in mind, it's just me and him and Kirby at this little cabana bar. Nobody else around. And he won't leave. And those type of things where he kept talking about how beautiful she was, that lasted for about three hours. How'd you like to caddy my three wood? <laughs> I mean, it was just like <laughs> Derby. None of that was a euphemism, but <laughs> but yeah, it was just so. Ugh. 
So now, Lauren, do you have any like any in restaurant stories or, or is the best ones all delivery stuff? Well, I would say for my own personal stories that definitely deliveries because, I mean, you see people's houses and how they live outside of the public eye, which definitely brings some weird stories. But I will say there was a girl that I worked with at the same restaurant like three years ago when we first opened. And, you know, she was just a college student just making some extra money, just working there part time serving. And there was this old guy, same sort of situation. He would come in. He like knew her schedule. It was the same every week. And he would come in at the start of her shift and take up one of her tables for like three hours and just get more and more food, more and more drinks, just talk to her forever, tell her how pretty she was, and then stiff her and not leave her a tip at all. And he would do this like two or three times a week until it got to the point where she just broke down and just told our manager everything that was happening. And he refused to seat him in her section anymore because it was ridiculous. But wait, he would like stalk her, but then not give her a tip. Yeah. He would just not tip her at all. Pay exactly what the bill was. And then just leave, took up her table for like three hours and then got all of this food. Literally the one person tab was like 80 or $90 two or three times a week. And he wouldn't tip her at all. Guy needs to work on his stocking skills. Cause that's, I mean, well, that's real. Yeah, three three months later, they got married, right? Three months later. They got married. <laughs> that's just so bizarre. That's, that's the thing. There, there, there are some people that works, though, that, that that kind of intentionally being mean to somebody, and yeah. then they find it endearing somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like he always wanted to see like a mean reaction or something from her, and she was always just as polite. Even when she knew she wasn't going to get a tip, she still served him very politely, whatever. It was like he was waiting for a reaction that never happened, so he just kept trying. Now, both of, both of you guys, have you seen the movie Waiting? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and like, I also have to explain to people because, like, people who have not been waiters see that movie, and they're like, "Nah, eh, it's okay." But if you've worked in the service industry, like, you've been a waiter or waitress, that movie is like amazing because it's so yeah. true. But like that, so that's one thing. If you've been a server, and then the other is you always treat servers well. Like, you know, I it, it takes a lot. Like, I've had craptacular service where someone was really bad and I still tipped them. I felt guilty about leaving 15%, but I still did. You know, usually I do 20 yeah, or 25. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I remember we went out, like, I don't know if you ever met this person, Seth, but there was a guy we used to uh, go out to a wild wing at on Georgia. His name was Dan. And Dan, he wouldn't tip the waitresses. He would go and he would eat. And, like, we, first we didn't know he wasn't doing it. Like, this was before we figured out you could split checks, I guess. And we would, you know, pool everything together with cash and we would always be short. Like, why are we short? And he just wouldn't say anything. So we throw in, you know, everyone throw in an extra dollar and we eventually figured out Dan wasn't leaving a tip. Uh, and we're like, Dan, why aren't you leaving a tip? And he'd be like, because I didn't find it to be exceptional service. Yeah. I remember somebody, somebody in the Tremont studio would say that too. Maybe it was <sighs> Lee or somebody. They were like, yeah, I only, I only tip when I get exceptional service. It's like, what? That's okay. That's how they make their living. That's not, you know. Yeah, like what are you European? Like no, yeah, they make two thirteen an hour here most of the time. Yeah. That's crazy. Somebody <sighs> stiff at us. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just so. Yeah, our trombone teacher got that. So. that oh, that's I remember so... stories. Oh yes, yeah, she's heard the Dale voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this is. You've, and, this has is... she heard that story about uh, Dale? We we're we we're all all the trombone choir. We were sitting around the table, on uh, what was it? Trombone choir tour or something? Yeah, Did, we, we're, was it at the Don Pablo's where I had my epic monument? 
Yeah, we went to a Don Pablo. The two things that happened was the first was Seth like just destroyed the bathroom in there. I I <laughs> I, I erected like a monument to my greatness. Yeah, and he told us like he's like guys, I know this is kind of gross, but you need to come in and see what I did. Yeah, and of course, I mean, without question, we all get up and like while we're in there, a father and son come in as we're leaving. Oh, I'll never forget what happened. The kid, the kid walks into the stall, and goes, "Oh, dad! Oh my god!" Hey. And the dad, what's over that? Oh, he goes. Someone's gonna have to clean that up. <laughs> I was stand. I was standing at the sink when they came in, and I was just like, it's "Like, don't go in there. Don't go in there." <gasps> Daddy, what's that? And they just, oh, they just left. <laughs> and one by one, everybody, everybody went to go check out Kate. I still have pictures of it. Kate took pictures of it. Oh, that's. Oh God! Kate was like a photography and art major too, so these were very good. (laughs) But we're all sitting, so we're all sitting around the table, like you know, how many twenty of us or something? And Dale's, of course, adding up the chat, going, "So who had the nachos and and then vaginas?" Okay, what we're (laughs) we're still we're still like fifteen dollars short. I mean, somebody stiffing us. And then finally, he real after how long was it? Like 10, 15 minutes or something? No, it was like half an hour. He figures, oh, I didn't put my money in. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, I was like, oh, God. Oh, Dale. Now, speaking (laughs) of college, this is going to segue a little bit because I have to, you asked a question for our last show that caused me and Seth to go into a shame spiral. (laughs) <laughs> because about about worst pickup lines because we had we, we were looking at like that poor girl who we we made like have a nervous breakdown because like we a... kept getting everyone to yell her name yeah i was <laughs> like Man, douchebags and, okay so you you've been with john for how long now like six years it'll be five years in december okay five so so you so you haven't been on the dating scene but i'm sure you've had people try pickup lines on you if you don't mind asking, what is the oh, most yeah. pathetic pathetic pickup lines you've heard i love you there's Kirby. one <laughs> I'd crawl across glass. <laughs> my three wood. This is next to my bag. There was this one guy. I don't remember what number he was, but I was at a Wofford frat party my freshman year. And I'm just sitting there with my friends. Obviously, I'm not trying to get with boys or talk to them because I've got John. I'm just sitting there talking to my friends. And this guy that's on the football team shows up to the party in his football jersey. So, douche already. Strike one. He comes over, interrupts, like, I'm talking directly to my friend, sitting down, she's standing right in front of me. He steps in between us. Douche move number two. Then he says, like, I don't even remember his number. Maybe it was, like, 30. He was like, so, yeah, I might be number 30 on the field, but I'm number one in the bed. Want me to prove it? And I literally didn't he said this like without irony. He was like, yeah, none at all. He literally looked me in the eye, said that flat. I didn't even say anything. I was so stunned. I had no idea what to say. So I literally just stood up and walked away. And he's a, he plays football for Wofford. That's makes it even worse. Like exactly. (laughs) You could at least play basketball. Their basketball team is good. Wow. That's rough. I just thought that, that was makes me here's here's why I segue into it is like I, I wonder because I like that article you posted on your Facebook page about how like couples that are long distance you know they can't because I'm sure you got from a lot of people I'm sure like okay oh yeah you guys should and you guys did now my question this is what Seth and I were talking about while we were trying to figure out the Skype stuff is 
I wonder how much stuff like not even just with John, but in general, like when me and Seth were in college, it, you know, the Internet was just starting to happen. So like the way you kind of kept in touch with people was through AOL Instant Messenger. Like that was <laughs> yeah. now you could use like Skype, FaceTime, all these ways that you can actually see a person and talk. And I mean, it's not the same as being there, but mm-hmm. it's so less. Do you think that that changes dynamics? Like, do you think that made it a lot easier for you and John to stay together, that there was better ways to connect and talk to each other and stay in touch? I mean, I know you guys still saw each other a lot, but do you think that helped? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, neither of us are the kind of person that needs to talk to the other like 24-7 in the first place. Mm. But it was always nice to know that at the end of the day of like long classes or whatever, I could just FaceTime him and we could just talk about our days and stuff like that. It definitely made it easier to know there was that easy form of communication. Yeah, because I know and I'll say this and I've told Karen this to her face. I, I, you know, I love talking to Karen. I hate talking to Karen on the phone. But I love talking to Karen. So sometimes when I really want to talk to Karen about something and I'm on my computer or on my phone, I'm like, I'm going to FaceTime Karen because I really want to talk to her right now. But I don't want to talk to her on the phone. I don't know what it is. It's something about just the interaction and being able to. I know what it is. Well, yeah. I, there, there are some people, and this is not anything against her, but there are some people when you talk to them on the phone, the sound or the inflection of their voice makes it sound like they're not really there. Their attention is somewhere else. Like you, if you talk to someone and they're like clicking on the computer all the time or they're uh-huh. just like uh, they sound like they're distracted, like they're not paying attention to you. So uh-huh. when you get that face, you know, that FaceTime, we actually get to look them in the eye and, you know, they're 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 looking at you. I, I think Karen, no fault of her own. I think Karen has that kind of, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm listening to you, but I'm not listening to you. Yeah, I think she probably does that for real sometimes, too. But, but yeah. yeah, no, I <laughs> So that makes, yeah, I mean, but I don't know, that's just, that's what, and then here's another thing I was going to ask you, like Seth and I were discussing this, like I, you don't do a lot of the terrible things that, you know, some kids do, but you're also probably, you're still a college kid. So you, you use social media. I wonder, your parents are cool, but they're also strict. They're not, just, so there's a balance there. Is there kind of a weird thing where you're like, oh gosh, you know, my whole life's on social media. I don't know how much I want my parents to know it. Like that would kind of freak me out. Like I think about that now and I'm like social media back then. Cause I wasn't doing anything terrible, but I still would have felt weird that my parents could kind of see my every move that they knew how to access all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. It's still weird for me. I the mean, great that... thing, the great thing about social media is basically my parents have Facebook and that's it. Yeah. And I can tailor exactly what they see. Not but that your mom just got Snapchat. Yeah, but it's on the iPad. She doesn't really know how to use it. It stays at home. It's fine. Okay. Your, your, mom, your mom just got grinder, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, like that's even with Facebook, like it feels kind of, I guess, is that what, is that kind of the new trend now is like, that's a joke I made once. Once it was true is like that Facebook now for kids is the, the, the face they show their parents. You know, they're like, this yeah. is kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, but like I, she doesn't know how to use Instagram and she doesn't really Snapchat. Like she doesn't know Twitter, like all that kind of stuff. And it's not that there's stuff on there that I wouldn't want her to see, but it's just a different it's just a different presence I have yeah. there than I have on the Facebook parts she can see. Yeah, the, the yeah. year of 2015 was the year of me explaining how to do Facebook to my mom. So yeah. Facebook came out in 2004 or 2005 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I still have, like, I've had two recent instances. This happened two weeks ago where the University of North Texas put out a coffee cup. And on it, it says UNT. 
and they put it right next to the C handle. What? Yeah. Yeah. All I did, in fact, I think I wrote this. I put presented without comment, and I put the UNT picture with that. And within half an hour, my mom messaged me on Facebook. It was like, Nicholas, could you please take that down? (laughs) how dare you yeah now here was something that was serious this is seth's involved in this story kind of i think no you're not so but you'll appreciate this because this happened with this i had to use uh uh, some pictures seth and i took i'm making this sound a lot worse it was picture seth that i took for the reference point on this so a few years uh not a few years ago earlier this year um seth and i went to a uk south carolina football game Okay, mm-hmm. and you know we beat South Carolina, and you know we were all happy and posted pictures, and no one had a problem with it. I have posted pictures with my students plenty of times. You know, I've posted pictures in every year after the band member. There's pictures of me and my kids every year. We go mm-hmm. to like trips and stuff like this. Well, then later that year, Kentucky beat uh, South Carolina in basketball badly, like really badly. I have just by chance a flute section full of Kentucky fans. It's really weird. <laughs> like in sixth grade, like half the flutes are Kentucky fans, either from Kentucky or of Kentucky families. So That's we so were random. all excited. I know. And we were all excited and we all wore UK gear to school that Monday because we're obnoxious fans and we like to rub it in people's faces when we win. So we're all wearing our UK gear. And I just said, Hey, you know, it'd be really cool if we all took a picture together, giving the, the three symbol, we'll do like this little three goggle symbol. So we got someone to take the picture. It was the end of class. People are packing up. And I took a picture with me giving the three goggles with my kids. And everyone thought it was really cute and adorable. And it got a lot of likes. Mr. Whitehair calls me into the principal's office after school. I'm in the middle of a rehearsal. And he says, we're sending someone down to watch your rehearsal. We need to see you for a minute. So I think someone's died. He's like, Nick, he goes, you can't post pictures like that on social media. I'm like, pictures like what? He goes, of you and your kids, you can't post them on your personal Facebook page. He goes, there was nothing wrong with the picture. He goes, in fact, please send it to us and we'll put it on the Lang official page. But you can't post pictures of you and your kids on personal media. Like, we were just giving the UK three goggle picture all wearing UK gear. He goes, yeah, "Yeah, somebody complained. I'm like, who? Who? He goes, I can't tell you that. Yeah. Oh, dear God. And I I said, he goes, he goes, but parents, I said, okay, number one, I know all the parents of those kids. In fact, uh, my favorite comment was from Berkeley's dad, uh, Chip Robinson. When he saw the picture, he goes, that's good teaching right there. (laughs) I I said, I know all the parents. I know they're all Kentucky fans. They thought the picture was great. And so I'm wondering, I'm like, what is the variable here? I was like, because I've taken pictures and posted them on social media with my kids before and never had a complaint. Yeah. I realized it was, I've never posted a picture with me and my kids celebrating a win over South Carolina. (laughs) That was it. That's probably true. Yeah. And so someone got angry and, and I put on there like when, and I put as the caption, I put when you beat South Carolina and you're, you're, you know, you have to post a picture about it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so someone complained about that. So yeah. technology is still in my old age. Yeah. It's, it's fueling, it's fueling the fear of just the, the paranoia of everyone is out to get your kids. Your kids are special snowflakes and everyone is going to hurt them. And, I, you know, I teach private lessons for a living, and every single school that I teach at, well, I should say school, every district, every district that I teach in, which is like three or four, every year I have to submit myself to a background check. 
like every single year. And I have to go through the process of doing that. It's like I have to reapply for my job every summer uh, just to just to teach private lessons, you know, to teach an instrument one-on-one. I may be wrong about this, but when people do a background check on you, doesn't your credit rating take a hit? It takes like no. a little ding or something? No, it doesn't. I think it used to or something, but maybe I'm wrong about that. But just the, the fact that you have to, like, I have to go and prove that I'm not a pedophile every summer to these schools just to mm. just to teach Tremone lessons. Yeah. Now, but I mean, that I'd rather, but I, I get it that every summer that's a little excessive. I don't mind when there's an initial background check. You know, I don't yeah. mind that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that like, makes sense. But if you're going to hire somebody, then you, you, you like do a background check. But it's like, you know, do, do I need to submit a stool sample every 25th <laughs> of every month? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Another thing I was going to ask you, because like politically, I lean further to the left. You lean further to the right. But one thing is someone who leans further to the left, I've noticed, and maybe you disagree, but uh, this is something I've seen is that a lot like people on my side of the aisle on the left are college age seem way too sensitive about stuff. Like oh my God. Yes. Real. Okay. Like and what I do mean, you see on that? Well, I mean, college has also like gotten me to think more on my own. Not that I didn't do that beforehand, but I mean, you're raised a certain way. You're surrounded by people in your community that expect you to be a certain way. So I was raised more on the right side anyway. And college over these past two years has like, gotten me more to the middle and I lean a lot more left than my parents do. But that's coming. Yeah. But coming from still the same background of like, you know, doing the work yourself, like not being a baby about everything, sucking it up, like all that kind of stuff. I see my peers getting offended by literally everything. And it's so annoying. I mean, if you don't get an A in a class and your teacher is a different ethnic background than you are, then it's all of a sudden discrimination and you need to go in front of the school board about this because you tried really hard, but you still didn't get an A. Like, yeah. no, you just didn't earn an A. I it's think my favorite story stupid about little that stuff. Was, uh, where's uh, Lena Dunn? I forget where she went to school at. It was some school up in, up in the Midwest. I can't remember. Really liberal school, like known for liberal activism. And they, uh, there was a protest because they said the food at the cafeteria wasn't culturally sensitive. Oh now, that, that's initially funny. But there's a part of me that wonders, you know, the bleeding heart liberal part of me thinks, okay, well, maybe there's something I don't know here yet. And then some girl, when they're interviewing, says the General Sow's chicken isn't authentically Asian. And I'm like, <laughs> General Sow's chicken is an is American a, dish. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she, yeah, she said it's about it as was Ita- it's like Italian of, pizza, you know? It's, yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It was, she said it's steamed instead of fried. And that's not authentically Asian. And I'm like, okay, number one, I agree with you. Only a sociopath would steam General Sow's <laughs> chicken. But that doesn't mean it's still, it's, yeah. it's not an Asian dish. It was like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, so, I mean, have you actually seen that, like, where people get offended by stuff and you kind of look, you're like, really? Yeah, just, I mean, I can't think of anything specific right now, but just stupid little stuff like that where they're like, oh, they only said that because blah, blah, blah. And it's totally not true. Like, they're making a big deal out of something that, yeah, might suck or that you might not agree with, but that's life. And you don't need to make an entire, make picket signs and go, you know, block roadways. Yeah. 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 There there are certain, you can take just certain words 
right? Just certain they're like you know, trigger words trigger or whatever. Words. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and people are so like we were talking about last week how people like to be offended. Like this this idea of they, they kind of get off on it. You know? Yeah, there's yeah. a part of your brain. Some people there's a part of their brain that reacts to anger and rage the same way other people react to cocaine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so even if like take a word like uh uh misogyny or something like that. People don't take into account intent, right? If, if you're, mm-hmm. or or the N-word, right? Mm-hmm. People can't even discuss the N-word. They can't separate the intent of using that word versus the discussion about that word. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it, it's, the, the intent is completely lost and you, people hear the word and all of a sudden that's that's all they need. They get triggered and, and go yeah. off on on whatever yeah. social justice tangent. Ridiculous. Yeah. And well, and I don't, that's the thing I like, I understand people like, you know, can be triggered by some things and all, but like some of the, sometimes I don't know how people survive, like, you know, reading books and stuff. They'll say, well, I can't read this. It triggers me. It's, it's like, Oh my gosh. It's like just, yeah. I understand some people have been through things I can't understand. Like, okay. For instance, if you're doing a book reading about a sexual assault and you've been sexually assaulted before that I understand. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes people just get triggered by things. It's like, you know, they'll see something they think is unfair. They'll, I don't know. It's just, it's bizarre. Like, so, but Mm -hmm. this, it's not just me being old, crusty old man. This is really happening on on a college. Like, it's not just me being old and seeing it. I feel like people are more offended on college campuses than they used to be. (laughs) Oh yeah. People are babies. I mean, I'm a baby, but I'm an old baby. You're a bad child. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's my, my generation, but it's also the young parents of today as well. I feel like they're raising their children to like not even stick up for themselves or realize that everyone's different. Yeah. Like just because your child has a peanut allergy doesn't mean the entire first grade can't have any kind of peanut because you don't want them to feel left out for not having a PB&J sandwich. You know, I mean, yeah. it's one thing if it's like a severe allergy, they can't be around it, all that kind of thing. But just because you don't want them to feel excluded or you don't want, you know, their whole class to have sandwiches at all because you're a gluten free family and you yeah, don't want them even seeing gluten. Where's the, where's the vegan? Where's the vegan General Tso's steamed General Tso's? <laughs> exactly. <option>? Where's my <laughs> non GMO? Picket, Wa- Picket Wofford. Picket Wofford. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's rough. That, that depresses me. Let's go to something more happy. We're going to do questions now. This is. This Ooh, is the fun okay. stuff. Okay, so the first first question, we're gonna do questions. This is I'm gonna first address this person. This is from uh, Lauren's former chorus teacher, and I was gonna say friend, but now former friend, Andrea Shulin. Miss, she was Miss Robertson when you. Yes. Her. She said this was her question. She tried. She she cheated and tried to ask two. We're gonna go with one. She goes, when each of you runs for president, or at least Lauren, because let's be honest, Nick wouldn't get the nomination. We're gonna address that in a second. <laughs> What would your platform be? Now, the first oh, thing is I'm going to say is if Donald Trump can do it, I can do this. Okay. <laughs> now, I'll admit, like, like he's it's a perfect storm. I think if like Kasich had won the nomination or Rubio, that Hillary would be in huge trouble. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I could, I would have an excuse not to vote for it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, with Donald Trump there, it's like okay, well, it, so if it was the same situation, you know, let's say you put me up against you know someone who's 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 not very likable on the other side, then if Donald Trump can do it, I, I think I don't know, I could maybe harness some terrible portion 
of the population to at least do okay. But but moving on from that, what would your platform be? Um, I think my platform, I don't know. If you guys, I'm not sure. Lauren, I'll let you take that first. I have to think about it. I got so angry that she said I couldn't be president. But now, Dear God. <laughs> your platform. Well, I agree with you. If the racist barbecue chip can be a nominee, then I think you can be as well, Mr. N. Thank you. Thank you. I really don't know. Like, I should have thought about that because I definitely saw her comment. I knew I should have been thinking about it. My platform but, would I mean, be bacon. There you go. <laughs> I'm running on the bacon ticket. Bacon? Uh, I mean... Old, you'd win everyone over. Yeah. No old people in ball gags. <laughs> <laughs> well, they tip well. You know, she handed oh. me a 20, but he gave me 30 on the bill. They tip so that well, was a $50 but only, tip right there. They tip yeah. well, but only with permission. That was probably my hush-hush money, but you know what? You know what would be funny is if he accidentally wrote it wrong and tried to tell you, he's like, oh, what? Or you're like, what? What? I can't hear you through through your sexual repression. What? I can't. Leaving now. <laughs> Or, the, or if the so, check oh just God. said, or if the check just said, "Release me," <laughs> like the exclamation mark. No, no monetary amount. Yeah. Or if we wrote up oh there, you know, our safe word is apricots. She yeah. keeps pretending she doesn't hear it. Help! <laughs> <laughs> I totally stole that line from the office. That's not even my original joke. But okay, I, I think I just thought of it. Mine would be mine would be bipartisanship, and I know that sounds like completely stupid. Okay, but I'll be honest. Like I still. Uh, this election still throws me, but I was listening. It's bad. I don't even know this guy's name, but I was listening to the libertarian vice president talk, a vice president candidate. And he was like, you know, and he was talking about bipartisanship. He goes, you know, there's some places we're going to have to compromise and we have to get things done. And I feel like both sides right now are so that's one thing I really liked about Kasich when I was listening to him is I felt like he would at least make people want to work together. Like it's, it, it's to a point where both sides don't even care about getting anything done. They just want to make the other one look bad. Yeah, and whatever the other side, uh, whatever their position is, we have to take the opposite because we can't we can't afford the other side to have any success at all. Like anything yeah. good, anything good that they do, we have to trash, and vice versa. But yeah. the the, liber- the libertarian uh, party, I, I listened to the first libertarian debate. Feel instead of feel the burn, it's feel our Johnson. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> which aside from that clever slogan, listening to some of their ideas, I think people are it, it's fashionable right now to be like, oh, I'm not voting for anybody. I'm going to vote for third party candidate. You know, it's it's very fashionable to say that when both of the main party candidates are so unfavorable. But listening mm-hmm. to, you know, the uh, McAfee, the guy who uh, came out with you know all the McAfee software. Listening to him talk about and, and his ideas on basically how the economy, how, how what the kind of econ- economy he wants would just leave so many people behind. Actually listening to that stuff, I was like, wow, it's it's a shame that so many people are just kind of casually saying, I'm going to vote for this guy rather than actually taking into account what they're saying. So what do you do? You have a platform, though, that you would go with? Like, what would be your platform? My platform? Besides bacon. Uh, people first. You know, oh come on! <laughs> something more. <laughs> well, world peace. No, yeah. not even to that it's extent. But answer. well, you, you when you were saying the bipartisanship, you know, when you think about John Kasich, John Kasich sounded like he had already won the primary, right? Because that that's uh-huh. what every candidate does after the primary. You're going to hear, except well, except for maybe Trump. But yeah, you know, he's just gonna 
say, I'm going to bring people together. There's going to be so much togetherness. Just wait. It's going to happen very quickly. And then Hillary, <laughs> of course, and be like, we need to bring people together to get things done. That's what every politician says. Um, okay, but what about starting with that? Like, you notice how, like, like in the primaries, like, you know, Bernie and Hillary are going after each other and all the Republicans. What if you just start, and like, I, one of my favorite moments of Republican debates was where, like, Trump kept trying to insult Kasich, and Kasich was just like, I'm not taking the bait. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to talk down to any of you. Yeah. And like, what if you just started your campaign that way? Like, every time someone went negative, like, like, don't do negative. And maybe you lose, but just say, like, look, I could dig up stuff on some of these people and go after them, but instead, let's just talk about what we can. And every time someone goes negative on you, be like, yeah, that's, that's bad. And, but you know what? I'm not going to say anything bad about you. Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't work because in order to get the nomination, to get the nomination, it's more about turning out your base rather than reaching across the aisle. Because every yeah. single issue, you go down the line, every single issue from gay marriage to abortion to health care, every single issue is polarized on the opposite end of the spectrum. You know, yeah. when you compromise, that means both sides lose. And that's how it's viewed at. It's viewed, a compromise is viewed as your side losing. So I, I don't think. I mean, may, when, when was the last year, the last election that that kind of platform actually won? Like, who was the oh, last who was the last president who viewed themselves as you know trying to be a uniter from the very start? I have no idea. I don't know either. But so I, Lauren, I, what, would, what would your platform be? So I think honestly, I would build like an entire like campaign in general on. I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but honestly, it's all I can think of honesty within the government and then modernizing everything we do. I mean, obviously there are things that all of the mass doesn't need to know, but I feel like there's a lot of closed door policies that are just ridiculous, like withholding information that should be available to the Mm -hmm. American people. And then just modernizing government, like actually reviewing all of our like economic and fiscal policies and term limits and just, like cleaning out all the stuff that we've just sort of brushed Excise, under the rug, I guess. Excise the cyst. Yeah. 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 Especially term term limits for Congress people. We shouldn't have career people. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. Because then, I mean, I mean, it's not an excuse, but I can definitely see like when you make it a career and people are basically buying you out to support certain things, how can you make just laws? Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. After all these years, it should it should literally be a social service for your country and not the way that you make your living for thirty years. Yeah, exactly. But on the other, on the other hand, I will say it's a lot. It's a lot. E- it was a lot easier to do that you know, in the first thirty, forty years. Oh, of, yeah. of the nation's yeah. founding to the idea of of going back to to what you were doing before you were elected to office. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the sheer population that we're dealing with now means that the machine has so much, so many gears and so much uh, ground to cover just to move that five yards down the field. The logistics of it is so massive that in order mm-hmm. to get the smallest thing done, mm-hmm. there, there's so much time and, and money that has to be invested. I think if I can modify my platform, I would say people before profit. Yes. And I'd vote for that. Yeah. And and that's, you can take any approach that you want from any side to that. 
and, and kind of argue your own ideological, you know, conservative or liberal or whatever spin to it. Uh, but you, I think we need some kind of, to address your unifying force, Nick, we need some kind of challenge or like the space race with Kennedy. We need, mm-hmm. we need something that's going to spur innovation, creation, new technology to, to keep our authentic our, general Sow's chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was start on the moon or no on Mars. It's got to be on, yeah. on like either yeah. going to Mars or maybe it's something medical like curing cancer, but even then, or, or like climate change, like you take some kind of polarizing that that has so much potential and to you can the argument the conservative argument for fighting climate change right or the the liberal argument for fighting climate change both of those can be made but because one side has one view the other side has to take the other view it 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 ha- it has so much potential to be to being that unifying uh, force that yeah. that you know makes us come together it's either that or aliens yeah. coming <clears throat> <laughs> oh, wait, speaking okay, so this this will these next two questions will relate to that. First, speaking of polarizing, I got in a big fight about this. Two people who well, one person asked me it, and another person I was surprised at the answer. So I'll, hopefully, you guys answered this question correctly. This is from Aaron, who's asked this before. Aaron Gusta, she says, "Would you rather, with your spouse, share a used toothbrush or a used Q-tip?" To me, that's no question at all. Toothbrush. Please tell me you guys see it the same way. A used toothbrush? Or used, like, would you rather share your toothbrush or a Q-tip? Is the toothbrush being used oh. on actual teeth? Yes, yes. Like, they else? brush their teeth and then you brush your teeth, or they dig in their ear and get wax on it, and then you dig in your ear with the same Q-tip. Please tell me you guys see this as an easy one. That should be toothbrush all the way, right? I, I think I would just rather die. No, but you got to pick one. <laughs> oh. you got to put that Q-tip in your mouth? No, no, but you have to Ugh. put it here. Like, keep in mind, I'm so, I had surgery on my ear last year. I saw what was inside my ear with a camera. I never want to see that again. Like, <laughs> like when it was being infected by whatever cuts and stuff. And, oh, God. Like, <laughs> it was like Star Trek 2. Yeah, and they had to, like, get all the stuff out of my ear with, like, this suction thing and stuff when, I, when the infection was, I mean, oh, God. But, yeah, why would, oh, like, you kiss the person. Like, you're using a toothbrush. It's the one you kiss. Okay, fine. But then you're a Q-tip? Share a Q-tip? Like, come on. That's disgusting. I don't know. I guess, I mean, it still grosses me out, a toothbrush. But, I mean, you wash it off in between uses. It can't be too bad. But there there are studies that show the toothbrush is one of the worst places for bacteria growth. Like door handles, the the mouthpiece, like the receiver to the phone, and the the Q-tip. A damp... A damp ear canal, scraping out all the gunk from oh someone else's God. ear, and then putting it into your own to mix with your own nasty gunk that's in there. Oh, this is giving oh. me. This is giving me. I know. I just got chills. <laughs> as long as as long as you're using like a peroxide based toothpaste, I, I, I have no problem doing it. <laughs> that's very particular. Yeah. He's thought about. It. Okay, now this next one. Oh. This is from Lizzie Bradley. She says, do you believe aliens are real? I believe they're real. I do not believe they visited us no. because aliens to get here, they would have to master time. They're not time travel, but well, maybe time travel, but they'd have to master traveling beyond light speed, which is 
even so far beyond what we're at. That's fine. But they always, in the UFO crash stories, they crash the car when they get in the parking lot. You figure they would know how to get on Earth without the UFO crashing. But all the stories we hear is like, oh, the UFO crashed. I'll know. They haven't visited us. If they visit us, we'll know. Yeah, if they've mastered uh, time and space to be able to travel, uh, you'd think they'd have better things and more interesting things to be involved in than inserting things into crazy people's rectums. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Or it makes a delivery like, dear God, what is yeah. that? Oh, God. All, just comes down. On the, all these, all these all great, like, walk out ball gags in their mouth. <laughs> so okay laura do you believe aliens are real? like you believe they're real but... i mean yeah i feel like you have to this universe is way too vast to believe that we're the only like intelligent life that's ridiculous there's yeah. got to be something else i think they come by our planet they just look at it and shake their heads and fly by yeah, yeah probably well you think like one those of the... idiots are still stupid one of the worst things we could do right now is broadcasting beaming our location into space like we're doing yeah to like if they are out there to bring if they have the means to get here we are done for this isn't like independence day you know this isn't like bill bill pullman's gonna come out and we're gonna give a great speech and we're gonna fly an f-16 up in their butt and then we're gonna blow it up and we're gonna win and roll the credits no we would be done yeah. Okay. Now, obliterated. This is, yeah. This is another good one. This is from I. I, I don't want to say it's from an anonymous. This is someone at the gym today who asked this. I need to find out who there so I can tag this question. This is a great question. You have a choice. If you had to pick between the two, would you rather everywhere you go leave a trail of slime or have a visible cloud of gas that followed you? Oh God. Now I thought about this a lot. How like, is this different like, from real life for me? Exactly. <laughs> Like the trail of slime seems bad, but not everyone's going to notice that. Like not yeah. everyone's going to look down and see the trail of slime. It's gross, but not the cloud of gas. Everyone's going to see that. You're going to be like pig yeah. for the penis walking around. So I go with you the cloud. you just be like, oh, sorry, my shoes are wet. Yeah. I think I would go with slime. <laughs> no, I, I, I would go with the slime because you could just look behind. He's like, careful. They just wax the floors. Yeah. And, just, and then you'd, have, and you'd be able to watch the them. You'd be able to watch them just bite it like they're walking on ice. Yeah, walk in front of your enemies. Okay, so here's the next one. Let me pull these. Now, these are on different things. So let me pull these up. Okay. Uh, This is a question I feel incredibly strongly about. This is from RJ Ocampo. Like, this one really, like, I feel like you can tell if someone's a good human being or not. Uh, The toilet paper roll, does it go over or under? Over, all day. Exactly. People who put the toilet paper roll under, I don't understand that type of, you know, psychotic. Well, I do have one case for it because I nanny and babysit a lot. Little children cannot figure out how to roll it by pushing up so they don't lose toilet paper. So that makes sense to me. Okay. That's actually, you know what? You might have just expanded my tolerance. If you don't have children or abnormally strange pets then you have no excuse because it's over all the time seth where do you stand on this i lean towards over but to be honest if i'm in that much of a hurry to get to a toilet i don't really notice uh so like you can see in the moments where you know i'm about to erect another monument so to speak if i'm sweating working it up yeah i don't notice whether the toilet paper is over or under 
See, that can ruin my whole experience, go to the bathroom. If someone has put the toilet paper roll under, that just, I, I don't know why. No. I'm just like, what In restaurants and stuff, I'll change it. I'll put it over <laughs> it if it's messed up. Now, what about, what about the bathrooms in like Singletary Center? Because, you know, they weren't facing, uh, they, they were like facing the opposite direction. So like would over or under matter at that point? Do you, do you understand what no. I'm saying? There, there were yeah. What, what she's saying, what he's saying, Lauren is like in the Singletary. They were in those little containers. They, like they roll parallel to the wall instead of you know if you it's facing out, you, you don't pull it that way. So the big industrial yeah. ones that hang on the wall, what do you consider oh, yeah. over and what do you consider under? It's got to roll to the left. Yeah. So it's it's got to roll counterclockwise. Well, it's got to roll. Mm, that's a good. Well, oh, I've never given this much thought to it, but now I these am. are the questions of our day. Yeah. Dang. I'm on the over platform for my the over platform ticket. for yeah. the presidential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every toilet paper. Fellow we'll over deport, rollers. <laughs> deport anybody who puts the toilet paper the wrong way. Anyway, it is. We'll build a wall. <laughs> wall! We're going right, to build a see. wall around you under rollers, and it's going to be great. Most luxurious <laughs> over rollers everywhere. Okay, this, this question really... This one gets kind of deep, because I... This is from Dorothy Smith. She said, if you can go back in time and change one thing that happened in your life, what would you change and why? And I'm afraid of that because of the butterfly effect. I can think of stuff I'd change, but then I'm afraid it would change other things. Change something insignificant. Like, I think the only thing I would change is the way I dressed in middle school, TBH. What was wrong with the way you dressed in middle school? Did you have eyes when I was in middle school? I don't remember you dressing (laughs) weird. I don't know. I guess, I mean, it was just the times too. I guess it was popular back then, but just looking at my old yearbook pictures and stuff, I cringe. This is awful. I think that's everybody when they look at their middle school. Pictures. <laughs> yeah. So what, what was it that you were like, like I used, I used to wear purple pants with a pattern on them, you know, when I was in middle school oh. and like a striped <laughs> shirt, like I had no fashion sense at all. I didn't care what I wore. Cause I, that sounds I, like my theory professor. I had, glasses and braces and it's like it didn't matter what i was gonna do fashion wise so were were you wearing like booty shorts or something or like the the shorts that say juicy on (laughs) (laughs) no it was just everything had aeropostale on the front of it and i still wore butterfly clips even though it was like 2010 and that was definitely like 1990 and just i don't know just stupid little stuff like that just looking back, I'm like, why was that ever a good idea? But I feel like everyone relates to that on a spiritual level. So I yeah. guess it's okay. I'm trying to, I mean, there's lots of little things, but I'm trying to find something that is insignificant enough that like it wouldn't have thrown everything else off. I guess the this is going to sound really dorky, but the gap from when I stopped collecting comics when I was about 14 to when I started again when I was 22, if I could have kept collecting comics through that time. Mm. There you what, go. What years? That's pretty solid. What years were yeah. that? Were those uh, ninety-four. Days? Yeah, ninety. Oh, yeah. Well, all the image stuff that came out, like yeah. Spawn and all that. Yeah, yeah would have been right on this. I don't know. There was a lot of bad a stuff. Lot of then, yeah, crap that came out. I, for me, I think I would change. And I don't know. This is something that I. It's not really anything that I would have control over if I were to go back in time, but. If I could go to just one high school instead, oh yeah, you went to like instead of the four I went to, man, um, I, I would probably change that. 
Seth you, kept getting kicked out for touching the teachers. Yeah. Oh, I, no, sorry. not really. <laughs> you moved a lot, didn't you? I was irresistible. No, it, yeah, I, I did. I It averaged out to four high schools between uh, Texas, Colorado, Arizona, and then Tennessee. Now, if if I had to pick one of those schools, I probably would have picked probably would have picked Dobbins Bennett because then I, I in, in Tennessee because then I could have still gone on my path through Kentucky and and where I've ended up now. If if I had just gone to school in Texas, there's no way I would have ended up at UK. Oh, I just thought of something. Okay, because my mom when I was younger banned Stephen King from our home. Like she wouldn't let, she made my dad throw out all Stephen King books and wouldn't let me read Stephen King. She thought he was like possessed by the devil or something. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really dawn on me until about two years ago that I hadn't really read much Stephen King. And now I'd like read him all the time. I feel like I'm never going to catch up to all the books that he's written. So like I would start reading Stephen King a lot earlier and I would have started writing regularly a lot earlier because now I write all the time mm-hmm. and I would have like put myself on a schedule where I wrote more. So there you go. Next one, something a little less serious this time. Okay, this is a question I think there's a, there's a definite answer to. Joe Campbell asks, why does pizza come in square boxes as circles that we eat in triangles? Because of the hinge for the box. Well, okay, but why don't they just make the pizza square? Why, why does pizza always have to be round? Order from Jeromas. It's a giant rectangle. Is that where you work? No. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a giant rectangle pizza in a big rectangle box, and Which they seems, cut it into rectangular pieces. It just makes seems, sense. Yeah, it seems to make more sense. So why have we gotten this habit of circular pizza eating it at triangles? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, like a, pie, a pie is round, right? Call it a pizza pie. Pies are usually round. If it's square, it's called like a cobbler or something. Okay, but you don't deliver we still, a lot of pies. Yeah, but we still eat circular pies in triangle pieces well that yeah, that i can understand but i'm saying like pizza pizza gets delivered a lot you don't see pies being delivered everywhere i mean they're out there like why that's wouldn't true. it make more sense to have the pizza i mean that just that's just not like why are we making circular pizzas why, why didn't we just make them it's a shame that we're not getting pies I guess, delivered i mean it makes sense <laughs> that, they, that i mean they throw the dough and I mean, that just naturally happens in a circle. I mean, it's more effort to have to stretch it into like a square or something. Yeah, I guess it's I guess just because right we're lazy. Yeah. And the, the, the box still works. So. Sorry, Joe. I think yeah. that, that's the best we're going to get on that one. <laughs> so the next one, this was from... Remember the this square, is from... You remember the square pizzas in, in school? Like oh, like, oh yeah. School cafeteria? Yeah. Those were awful. I, I would... Would you say that round pizza is on the whole better than square pizza? Did you ever have square breakfast pizza? Because that was awesome. What? Uh, I, oh, I yeah. was never on a reduced uh, breakfast lunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one comes from from Lauren's mom. Dear Michelle asked this. This is a good question. I think it's pretty common. <laughs> this is a good one. She goes, if the purge was real, you know, where there's like, you know, a, a one day of, of crime, what would you do? You know, I think of that question as inherently evil at first, but your mom had, she goes, you know, I'd go shopping. Like, I would. Yeah. But boy, I would rob a bank. I would go shopping. She brought up a good point. She goes, but think about all the other crime going around with you. I mean, you could get hurt. True. So I think I would just wuss out and hole up and be scared. I don't think I would. Cower in fear. Yeah, I think I would cower in fear with my comics and some Netflix 
and just be like, oh God, <laughs> like, make sure I, I, I want to say I'd go out and do some, but no, I, I think I would just be quaking in fear. You wouldn't like go make Natalie Dormer spend a day with you on a shopping spree? No. <laughs> take, take her with you. <laughs> you are but going no, to shop I, with me. I, I just, I, yeah, I think I would just be afraid the whole time. Yeah, if it were like... the first, if it were the first purge, I don't think I'd be doing anything. But like on the twentieth purge, yeah, you think people would probably get desensitized to it? Be like, all right, yeah, let's go, uh, let's go, let's go rob the bank or whatever. Or what would you do besides the bank thing? If I'm not worried about like getting murdered or anything which doesn't make sense like unless you really have a personal vendetta for someone why would you just murder anything else but beside the fact i guess maybe go to my favorite stores like get all the stuff i've ever wanted like go get a new car or something or your, I don't your know. aeropostale booty shorts <laughs> yeah <middle> definitely <laughs> Charleston Definitely. has been on a, there's someone that's been on a on a butterfly clip rampage through yeah. Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> that me. <laughs> just got them all in her trunk. <laughs> they call you the they call you the butterfly clipper. You know, they won't know who you are, but you'll be. <laughs> that could be your calling card. Like after you steal, you leave a butterfly clip. <laughs> so oh, that'd be so great. All right, so we got two more here. Laura's probably fine. I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to fade because I'm I'm old. Weak. But uh, this is our this is our host next week, Seth. I didn't tell you this. This is this is the the lovely Mary Ketchum. She's coming on our show next week to talk about pregnant woman things. Because one thing I like about Mary is like she says she she's excited as anything about being a mom. That being said, she's like any person who says that they like being pregnant is full of crap. This sucks. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, we got it. Because there's all types of things about pregnancy people don't understand. I have a doctor about so she's going to be on our show next week talking about that. Her question this week is about the dorkiest question ever. If she usually asks, I told her, I don't think you're going to win best question this week. If you had to play a wind instrument every day that wasn't your primary one, it's like wow, it's a really bad nerdy question. Which would it be and why? I would go with French horn because I think French horn is awesome. Amen. That's what I was going to say. But if it wasn't French horn, I would play bassoon because that's the scholarship of phone. Oh, that's true. Yeah, if you can play it halfway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the scholarship of phone. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sethi? Well, it's not a wind instrument, but... No, I, no, no. Parameters. Parameters. All right, you parameters. can't play the bass drum. Yeah. Because um, I, I have an affinity for the dobro. Like the the steel guitar. Like if I if I had to do it all over again, I would I really would love to learn how to play that instrument. But it's not a wind instrument. And Mary said it. I know. I know. I know. I'm trying to think of all the personalities that go with all the wind instruments and who I would want to associate with. I wouldn't want to be a trumpet player. The perception of horn French horn players being smart is appealing. (laughs) The perception of flute players being uh, neurotic is uh, true. So yeah, it, it's true. Uh, so I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, they hide piccolos in the rafters. Oh yeah, that Laura. Laura was weird. <laughs> she was in seventh grade. The eighth graders didn't like Lauren because she was better than them. So they took the piccolo so she couldn't play it and hit it. And I had to. I had to have a talk with them. A talk. I was really mad because Amber was like one of my favorite kids. She was one of those who did it. I'm like Amber, really. I was like, I would expect a whole lot more from you than to do this. She was like, oh, I don't know why I did. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And then you <laughs> drop the pillow the next year. We don't talk about my dark times. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that before or after you drop the piccolo? Well, after. Your dark times. During. Yeah. Well, after it happened, I swear I caught it, but Mr. It, N claims that I definitely dropped it. it. But for the first, like, year and a half after that happened, every single thing I did wrong or if I was ever late or anything, it was all because I dropped the piccolo. I could never hear the end of it. Oh yeah, don't well, don't feel too bad. At a, at ASU, we had a girl, a master student, who dropped a green line bass clarinet and snapped it in half. So, oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, yeah, that's a whole lot worse. Yeah, that's yeah. There's always something worse out there, but uh, I would probably choose a clar- clarinet because clarinet players have a penchant for hanging out with trombone players. We get along very well. Uh, sometimes the, too well. Well, sometimes a little too well. Or the the sousaphone. Like to jam out on some sousaphone action. I had two, yeah. two uh, mentally questionable girlfriends that played clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. This one is from Heather Curtis. She asked, and this is a question people have asked before. And I think I have the answer to it. She says, uh, "Why do most or all Disney stories and a lot of young adult books have dead or absent parents?" And here's why I thought. Like the first thing I thought is, like Seth, I don't think you've watched it. Lauren, have you watched the show Stranger Things yet on Netflix? No, I've watched oh, two so episodes. How do you like it so far? Uh, it's it's good. I, I appreciate it for being good. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, uh-huh. but uh, but yeah, it's it's good. One thing you're gonna notice, and something I've noticed too, is like this show at first, you know, because everyone's freaked out because his kid disappears and the kids have trouble leaving the house. They sort of forget about that about three or four episodes in, and these kids can just come and go through the house as they please whenever. And like I noticed that like when you do these stories about kids, you, like you have to have the parents be absent almost because otherwise, in most normal situations where the parents are attentive, they are yeah. going to let you leave the house at any time to ride your bike in a neighborhood where murders are happening. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you, like sac- you sacrifice logistics for the sake of plot. Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Now, some things like Finding Nemo, I think it was just you know they had to have the dad looking for the son, and you couldn't. Uh, well, I don't know that one. I don't know why they had the mom die. That I, that still really bugged me when that happened. But yeah, I think that's the main thing is you have to have parents kind of out of the way, or either either no parents or a single parent who can't keep up with the kid as well, so that the fact the kid can come and go and do things as they please is more plausible. Well, yeah. the the like the parent the parent angle or like the father son relationship or the mother daughter. The, the parent-to-child relationship is a very easy motivational factor. In, in a sense, it, it's rather trite and e- it's like the easy way out at this point to a mo- to way to motivate your main character. Luke, I am yeah. your father. It's like all of a sudden, yeah, now now things just got real. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, do you have any, any ideas? Well, I mean, I agree with you, but I also think that a lot of Disney stories are based on stories by the Brothers Grimm. And those were originally like scary, like horror stories. And those always showed like absent parents or like a dismantled family dynamic. So, I mean, maybe in a sense, they're just trying to like stay true to where the stories come from as well. When you're a kid, I mean, if if, if something's scary and there's no parents around, that's horrifying. You know, like I I said yesterday when, when I saw Kermit, in green for the first time when I was a kid and my mom wasn't around and I screamed and pissed my pants because my <laughs> mommy wasn't around and I thought Kermit was gray and he was green 
and I pissed my pants and cried. And like oh that was it. I mean, you're scared and your parents aren't around. That's that's terrifying. So that's another yeah. I think that also it's easy I mean, this sounds terrible, but when the parent is gone, it's like for instance, Lauren, if if someone tried to write a story about your life, it would be hard for them to make a motivation the parent thing because A, you have two loving parents. So you can't make like part of your motivation that, oh, this parent is gone. And now I, I think about them all the time. It's like, no, they're right there. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and it, it makes like, you know, you can make the parent when they're gone more romanticized and like, oh, they never did anything wrong or there's never any conflicts that are really bad. When in the meantime, if they did a story like for me, you know, I still have my mom checking up on me on Facebook being like, can you please take that down? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so but I, I mean. In a lot of Disney stories, they go on all these extravagant adventures and stuff, too. And everybody knows that no sensible parent would just let their child traipse around the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's the they coming of age. Them. They it's just the got to kill them. Yeah. It's the coming of age story. And you only have two hours, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, all right, kill the mom. All right. Let's let's go on an adventure. All right. Let's hurry it up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel's dad's not going to know if she's gone for a yeah. week. Let's get money. Sign <laughs> his money. Clear the set. <laughs> All right. This is the last one. This is from David Brooke. And this is an interesting one. It says, if you could be any weather formation for a day, tornado, hurricane, et cetera, what would you be? Mm-hmm. I definitely would be a tornado or hurricane because those kill people. I would be a cloud and I would cover the sun to get, let people get some respite from how hot <laughs> it's been lately. I would be a haboob. Oh, a dust storm? Yeah, giant, uh, giant haboob. Why? Just because it, like, it's boobs, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a dust. Storm. That's what. <laughs> I am the I am the fierce and mighty haboob. I I've seen dust storms stretch from Tucson all the way through Phoenix, up uh, in, into like the northern mountains, up into Flagstaff. They're basically, covering like the whole state coming toward coming towards me it's pretty impressive and i'm pretty that sounds terrifying it is if you're on the high if like if you're driving on the highway you need to pull over and put your hazard lights on and pray that no one hits you oh my uh, gosh who is still driving because it it, you your visibility is literally three feet in front of you it's like it wasn't mission impossible or was it where they had one one of the mission impossible movies had one and I heard like that's exactly what it's like, <laughs> like a wall of sand. Why don't you? You should be a hab- haboob with me, Nick, and we can be haboobies. I don't <laughs> want to be a haboobie. I want to be a cloud and cover the sun to keep people from being hot. Like I was, I was at man camp at Wanda today, and I'm like, I was four kids, and the cloud came over. I was like, oh, that's nice. I, I want to be that cloud. I, I want to be that cloud. Forget, like, forget covering. So I cancel band camps, Nick. I do the best service for those kids. That's true. Get them out of, of school. Get them out of band camp. What about you, Laura? This is going to sound super cliche, but I think I would just be like a little summer rainstorm because I really like the rain in the summer. No, that's cool. But not like thunder and lightning rain. No. I yeah. like it when just it... Like I like a it little when light it, rain. I like it when it thunders, but it's still a shower like a storm. Like it, it's, it's, yeah. it's not blocking out the sun. It's not like an angry storm, but you look up and you're like, how is it thundering right now? Yeah. I, I always yeah. like that with summer, summer showers like that. The surprise one. Yeah. There's not yeah. a cloud in the sky, but it's raining. There was one time that happened here and the dogs got so freaked out because like they won't go out when it rains, but it was raining in the backyard, but not in the front. 
And like they wanted to go outside, like they saw that it wasn't right, but then they'd go to the back. Like, wait, wait, that I mean, that literally happened. I mean, sometimes you get these, especially here in South Carolina, you get these random storms. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that was all of our questions. Thank you for everyone to send them in. Laura, did you have fun with us? Or are you like, oh, God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> no, this was fun. Yeah. I liked it. We, uh, we, yeah, that's like wrong. <laughs> that story, I just, I can't believe, I didn't know, like, I don't really, I didn't know he had the ball gag <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not video chatting or the, Seth, oh God. the Seth other equipment here. You need to do an intro with, with, with like a ball gag. David Attenborough with a, uh, with a ball gag. You should every time you see them, Lauren, like find a tomato in the kitchen and just put it in the middle of everything that they order. <laughs> it's the big red tomato. Be like I didn't order this. Be like, oh yes, you did. <laughs> yes, Comes you with the meal. Comes with the meal. So, Lauren, have you listened? Have you have you listened to our podcast before? Yeah, I've listened to the last few. Okay. Why, why are you? Why are you interrogating her if she listens? That's just something I always wonder. Like, are the people we have having on like? actually listening listening to our our stuff like it, it makes sense like if you can't come on as a guest you'll probably listen to yourself right unless you're just completely embarrassed by the, the our, our antics but because we, yeah. we we had a, a what like a three-year hiatus yeah we're back now so and if you ever want one of us to come on and, and destroy your show's credibility then <laughs> we can do our, our yeah. dj voices Coming up on the fives, we're gonna do a lot of Coldplay. <laughs> no, that's one thing nice about Lauren's channel. I haven't heard a single Coldplay song yet. Well, the show that I was doing this past year—I mean, I'm still gonna be doing it next year, along with a couple other things. But we have a late night advice column, but we do it on Thursdays, so we play Throwback Thursday songs. Yeah. So we do a lot of like '80s, '90s, early 2000s sort of thing. So that's pretty fun. And then we just answer anonymous questions with our advice. I feel like you guys would have some wise, sage answers for our probably listeners. Probably not. Or do you want, probably. Yeah. Who do you want me to call in as? Yeah. Who do you want me to call in as with a question? Call in as mm. Lou Holtz. You want Lou Holtz to call in and ask, where's my breakfast? I need my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, there was one time Seth called a, I mean, he, he does this fake Lou Holtz thing for Kentucky sports radio, but like he called into like a major sports podcast and they thought it was Lou Holtz. Oh my God. And they put him on the air. It was the Jay Moore show. Yeah. And they put like the, the person who was like taking calls said their face turned white. He goes, Oh my God, Lou Holtz is on the line now. And like he, you had them going until you said the thing about the glory of Notre Dame football. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay, that's not Lou Holtz. <laughs> yeah, Jay Moore liked it though. The co-host was like doing the typical, you know, crap on everything. Uh, yeah. But Jay Moore, because Jay Moore does really good impressions too. He he liked it. Seth yeah. one time got on, uh, was like, <laughs> Seth was worried. I don't know if you may tell this Seth that you could edit out, but Seth was worried about getting sued. Because yeah. he called he called uh, ESPN because they weren't going to put Kentucky's like Big Blue Madness like the first practice of the years at midnight when it's and they televise it and stuff and it wasn't yeah. on the SEC network. So Seth called ESPN as Lou Holtz 
and like just complained. And like the the guy at ESPN, I don't I don't know if he was just being patient with you or he really thought you were Lou Holtz, but like Seth's just like ranting at this guy about how there's no big blue madness. And finally he's like, Look, look, can you take a knee for me? Yeah. The guy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's, taking, he's like, Are you taking a knee? He's like, Yes. And like he recorded the call and all these sports websites picked it up and published it as person calls ESPN as Lou Holtz. And oh my god. <laughs> and so Seth is just like look, I don't know, man. That I might get sued. I'm like, you're not gonna get sued. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was. Yeah, so I, it'll be fine. I was. I was worried because I recorded the call, and then I was worried about them playing it on the air the next day because I sent it to their producer. And I said, mm-hmm. "Look, I, I I'm not sure what the whole you know, legal ramifications of this might be." He said, "No, I think you'll be all right because you told them you, you put the thing in there where it said the." You know, this call may be monitored for quality assurance. So that's hilarious. Yeah. It's still out there somewhere. I'll have oh, to go look just, it up. Oh, I just found it right here. It was uh but yeah, it's 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 still one of my all time favorite fake blue holds modes. Yeah, I don't so. call in as very much uh, as often as I used to, but it's hard to imagine I've been doing that shtick for about five years now. Yeah, I just I just found it, and it is glorious. It's maybe my favorite. Thing. <laughs> Just the fact when you ask the guy on the call to take a knee. <laughs> yeah, was... I'm going to send it to Laura just so you can enjoy it. Please do. There you, go. you always have to ask someone, so do you know who Lou Holtz is? Like, and then if they say yes, then you can like tell them the stories and stuff. If they have no idea who Lou Holtz is, and you're like, why do you have no idea? And then that kind of shoots everything down. I liked it at the end of the call. Yeah. He's like, He's like, okay, sir, is there anything else I can help you with? You're like, well, can you help me find my car keys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to figure out. i got to figure out something to do for the upcoming football season. It's it's right, it's yeah. harder now because he's not on TV anymore. I, I This was like the last, this past year was the first year he retired. And so he's not around anymore to make fun of. But I used to just sit there. At the, like the evening after show, like they would, or like college football final at the end mm-hmm. of on Saturdays, and I would just record Lou Holtz clips and just sit there and just I, I can't make this stuff up. It's gold. <laughs> and so the the reason I called Jay Moore's show was because they were playing this clip of Lou Holtz absolutely just saying nothing at all. And so they he he came on and he was like, what you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got you bring me in gold you know like that and so he said nothing at, at, at all and they just kept playing that clip and playing that clip sure enough I call in and I do that for them so, all right guys I'm going to go follow me on go Twitter and go to bed yeah. Follow he is, yeah he's on fake blue holes okay, fake blue holes yeah, yeah he, he has quite a following on that he, my wife when she when she visits like he's a celebrity in Kentucky like people in Kentucky know who fake blue holes is they're like, oh my gosh! Yeah, there's you recorded only a, a commercial for a barbecue place once. <laughs> I'm gonna go look it up right now. I, I've I, I still have not heard that commercial yet, but yeah, there's there's a handful of people who know it's me. There's only like there's only a couple of them who follow me on Twitter. Drew Franklin followed me for like a day or something, and then Matt Matt does Matt Jones doesn't follow me, but I know I know Tyler Thompson follows me and uh, Ryan Ryan Lemon follows me. So I'm hoping right, I get guys, to so meet them go. when they come when they come through Dallas. I gotta go eat and go to bed. I know that's a weird combination, but I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm old. So <laughs> tell, tell me how the well, ball then. gag tastes. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza girl's here. Let's see if she wants in on this. <laughs> I wonder if that was their play, by the way. That's a possibility. Oh, that's they so were too nice. calm about it. I was like, they must do this all the time. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not the first 18 year old they brought in to <laughs> partake. You should you should have like you should have just looked at around the room and be like, okay, what's the safe word? <laughs> so, all right well thank you for coming on i enjoyed yeah, it thanks for having me it was fun yeah. enjoyed we'll talking have, with you if you want to come on again sure we, we rotate through guests we i don't know we don't have a limit on if someone comes on again so you want to so yeah i, yeah, told, totally. I told dave your money's on the dresser when you're <laughs> done so so yeah dave dave uh said that his whole work listened to our show and he made a really, really like off-collar joke about Lucille Ball and forgot about it. And then his boss came up to him and kept asking if he was a fan of Lucille Ball. And oh. he's like, "What did I say?" And I'm like, "I don't remember." Oh, and then he really? he played it. And yeah, he said he said something about Lucille Ball. Like I don't even remember the context. He's like, "I wonder if the carpet matches the drapes or something." Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. that, but yeah. And then then his boss kept making a joke about it, like so I didn't know you're such a big Lucille Ball fan. He's like Nick, I don't remember what I said. And then he listened to the podcast and he goes, "Oh crap!" So yeah, he's <laughs> his whole work now, like his whole workplace, like makes fun of him. Oh god! So, see, we're helping people everywhere we can. But we'll put a link to your show and stuff when we advertise. And we'll find we'll find a way to right. to call in either seeking or giving advice. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll seek totally. advice. We'll be like so. If a girl comes, I should come in yeah, as an old person. You should be like, yeah, if a girl comes in and you deliver pizza and I'm wearing a ball gown. <laughs> <laughs> where, do, where does the ranch, where does the ranch dressing go? Yeah. <laughs> Do you say anything or you just let it go? <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'll talk to you all later. All right. Bye. Bye.